Yeah, how to get that good startups? Tough question because when we invested, most of the time we we really bet on the founders because especially yes. in an early stage, early stage startup, it's all about investing in people than investing in the product itself. From our point of view, what we're really looking at how to get this is most of the time it's it's on the referral on the from uh, the other VCs and uh, what we see when we want to say that this is really a good startup is. Usually based on the founder itself and also on the technology, because when you build the right product or if your technology has a has that good defensibility, I think that will become the key of the success or in in order to build the market or to to conquer the market. So uh, a huge market if is obviously something that we're really looking at, but. Yes. I would say that two two important thing here is the people or the founders, and the second one is I would say the technology that uh, they build, how disruptive it is, how innovative it is, because I think right now like investing in the disruptive technology is definitely the one of the key success uh, for the venture capital, so that the product has uh, the high barrier to entry, so it's not easy to be copied by another competitor, and that's somehow the secret sauce to be succeed in the market. Hello, dreamers and action takers. Welcome to another episode of the Want Money Got Money podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamani, and my guest today is Ratno Devati. Now, Ratno is the principal for Excess <coughs> Ventures based in Indonesia. They also have, I believe, an office in South Korea. Ratno has been working in the VC for quite a few years. She has worked in Australia and also she has worked for Pegasus Ventures looking after for Southeast Asia region for them. So without any further ado, let's get into it. So yeah, no. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. We have been looking at Excess Ventures and everything you guys do. So yeah, for some of our audience who don't know you yet, can you please um, tell us a bit about your journey and and what you are up to these days? Sure. Thank you for inviting me, Sam. So I'm Ratna, and I've been in the venture capital industry actually since 2015. So it's about five years till now. the The first time I joined a venture capital industry, it was a Silicon Valley based venture capital firm. The yeah. company called um, Phoenix Venture Capital, which recently they rebranded to be uh, Pegasus Tech Ventures. Yeah, and uh, quite interesting part actually because uh, I didn't study finance, I didn't study business, and in fact, my background is actually international relations. So. When I joined a venture capital industry back in 2015, at that time the goal is like I want to learn something new, and turns out after three months of the internship program, I really like the 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 sector. I really like the industry, and I got the offer to be a full time investment analyst. And then later on, I got promoted to be the senior investment analyst. And at the age of 23, I was promoted to be the Southeast Asia regional manager. It's been such what do you call it? It's to myself. It's a quite interesting and also quite challenging, but because at that time when I got promoted, I was a bit nervous and then quite clueless because I was just twenty three, and I have to cover the entire market in Southeast Asia, including Indonesia,、yeah. um, Singapore, Philippines, Thailand, and also Malaysia. But wow, sometimes when you are being forced to like to get into something. Yes. You just force yourself, and you just need to believe to yourself that you can do it, and that's what I did exactly a few years ago. 
Oh, yeah, that's yeah. I was there、uh, with Phenox until last year, and with Pegasus,、uh, we invested、uh, in 35 startups across Southeast Asia. Indonesia was our main market, and at that time, and、uh, we invested in some of great startups, including Mokapos. It's a point of sales. The business model is pretty much、uh, similar with Square in the US. And、uh, recently, Moka got acquired by Gojek, the one of the largest, largest unicorn in、yeah. Indonesia. Yes, and also in Southeast Asia. Yeah, we also invested in a health tech startups like Allo Doctor,、uh, prop tech startup Travelio, and then Lucid Fashion, who is based in、yeah. uh, Thailand. We also invested in the largest、uh, tech media in Southeast Asia called Tech in Asia. And we invested in some of the fintech companies such as Awantunai, and of course, logistic is also one of the area of the interest at that time. And we invested in a trucking company called Ritase. So yeah, that's、uh, with Pegas. And then I I quit last year、um, in in April last year, and I briefly joined Sydney based company called. It's actually、uh, I joined a Coca Cola Amatil、uh, yeah. as、uh, the part of the corporate innovation. So. It's quite interesting as well because、uh, from venture capital and then I moved to a corporate, but the good thing is still that、uh, it's still within the area of the startup ecosystem.、Yeah. So with Coca Cola Amatil, I did the internal corporate innovation. It's mainly to empowering the internal employees. We built an a product like internally, which、uh, the goal is actually to help them to digitize the business. And because it's an internal corporate innovation, so instead of working together. Or inviting the startup to join the incubation program, we invite the internal employees who had an idea about、uh, digitizing the business model, and then we incubated them for about、uh, two to three months. Yeah, I was there for about seven months, and then later on, I I, I quit. And just earlier this year, I joined、uh, Access Ventures.、I、joined Access Ventures in February, just right before the lockdown, <laughs> before the COVID <laughs> happened. Yeah, what the timing? Yeah.、Access Exactly. So what a timing! So I joined、uh, right before the lockdown, and then the, the, after I joined, and the lockdown happened. A lot of portfolio they we have to help them to preserve cash, help them to make sure that the business is、uh, stay on track、uh, despite of the COVID situation. Yeah, maybe、uh, I can share a little bit about Access Ventures. Oh、we、yes, are, please. That'd be great to yeah learn about Access Ventures. And also, is Access Venture industry agnostic, or do you have a, a particular niche that you guys prefer to invest in? Sure. Yeah. So we are an early stage、uh, VC firm、uh, headquartered in Hong Kong. Our、yeah. GPs are they they have an extensive experience in in finance and also in technology sector. Charles Rim, my GP, who is based in South Korea, he was previously with Google M&A, Yahoo M&A, and he was also a, a lawyer. And then my the other GP, John Chow, he is based in Hong Kong, and、uh, he was previously with Deutsche Bank and Berkeley's investment. Yeah. So. Our office is actually headquartered in Hong Kong, and but our main area of the in terms of the core market、uh, of the investment, we are very bullish with、uh, Southeast Asia and、uh, yeah. Vietnam, Indonesia, and Singapore. It has been our core market, but we are also opportunistically sourcing、uh, potential deals from another country in Southeast Asia, in Hong Kong, in South Korea, and as well as in the U.S. with 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 a potential global market. And if you ask me about the industry, what kind of the industry that we are looking at, we actually sector agnostic. I would say tech agnostic,、yeah. 
But we have some specific, what do you call it, an interest. For example, in Indonesia right now, we are very bullish in the, uh, in fintech. And then we are also looking at the e-commerce enabler, education tech or ad tech. Yes, and also logistic. And the new area that we are also very keen right now is uh, actually e-sport. I myself is not a gamer, but I think uh, looking at the uh, the global market phenomena right now, I think a lot of people really into e-sport. And I think it's there's a huge opportunity, especially in Indonesia, considering that we are still the largest uh, market in Southeast Asia and uh, the internet penetration is also very fast. That's amazing. That's really cool. And is it all, does Access Venture invest um, exclusively in seed stage and pre-seed stage? Or also do you guys do follow on and go on to support the same companies with Series A as well? and series b and onwards in terms of the stage we actually prefer a series a so series a is our sweet spot because like uh, when we invest usually our average ticket size is one million us dollar but sometimes uh, we also looking at the seed stage company but it's it's like a very exceptional case if we really like the sector and then if we think that the founders are really great. The company has very good key advantages or unique selling prop- proposition. I think we can invest in a Citron as well. And on that Citron level, we can invest like from 300 to 500,000 US dollars. Yeah. And does Excess Venture generally lead the round or do you guys just like tag along with someone else leading it? We usually follow. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's really good to know and understand. In <laughs> in your last five years, you would have met lots of founders. What do you think stands out for like really great founders? I think I would say that's the experience that they have, because especially in the developing market like Indonesia. Yeah. Whatever that you are trying to to solve or whatever what kind of the products that you need to launch, it's something that you have to to create a lot like you need to localize the the product or the solution. And given the market is a lot of people saying that the market in Indonesia is huge and et cetera, that's true. But this country is actually it's really difficult to crack. So that is why when we look at the founders, we want to see the experience, whether or not in the past they have they have like an experience which is which has a deep correlation with the business that, that currently they build. Because if that if they have the relevant experience, I think then we, we can bet on the founders that the founders really understand what's the pain points and then what kind of what exactly the right solution to be built on top of like uh, for this kind of the problems. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing. And then the second thing that I really like is I would say like a commercial founder. Uh, what yeah. I mean by commercial founder is uh, those who really have um, clear vision or a clear part of the profitability on how they're going to address their ma- this market and what kind of the mode of the business that they're currently built on because that's the only i think that's uh, the main key to make the business getting bigger and bigger in the future yeah yeah that's true that's very true and generally do you look for or does access venture look for startups that are just want to capture the indonesian market or do you also look for more southeast asia or, or do you also invest in startups that have a global outlook 
Of course, if since day one, they have that global outlook, that will be much better because uh, if they already have a have a, the the path to be a global company, then the market opportunity is obviously bigger. But I think it's sometimes not all the product can be implemented in the in all the different countries, right? Yes. Sometimes the solution that you are trying to build Indonesia might not work well in Singapore and vice versa. Yeah. Having said that, it's really case by case. Obviously, yeah. if we can, obviously we are looking for something that don't have a geographical barrier in yes. a sense that the model, the business or the product can go global without any localization uh, requirement. But most of the time, actually, we are targeting like like Indonesia and Southeast Asia. Why Southeast Asia? Because again, it's, uh, it's all about the market size, 600 million population. I think it's a huge opportunity and there are still so many problems here in Southeast Asia that they can solve, that they can Absolutely. address by um, leveraging the technology. But yeah, it's a really case by case, but we, we are obviously we are very happy if we can find like a startup that since day one, we understand that the product has no barrier entry to any geographical um, area. Like, for example, we invested in a startup called Credo Lab in Singapore. Yeah. The company is, it's an AI-driven credit scoring. And um, it's something that we understand that since day one, that it's a global product. It doesn't really require any localization if they want to expand to another country. And yeah, in fact, 100%. they have they have clients in 22 countries until now. So that's amazing. Yeah, that is really cool. I have a few more, just as you um, said about finding that product that has that global appeal from day one is absolutely great. When it comes to that, I talk with lots of founders on a regular basis because of all the different things that I'm doing and all that. But some of them are like, um, really early stage and, and they're still, they still have a lot to learn. And so that, so there's very few really good founders and good startups out there who I feel like they're sitting on a rocket ship. They just need the fuel. So how do you cut through the noise and find that really good startups? Yeah, how to get that good startups? Tough question because uh, actually when when we invested, most of the time we we really bet on the founders because especially yes. in an early stage early stage startup, it's all about investing in people than investing in the product itself. From our point of view, what we're really looking at how to get this is most of the time it's it's on the referral on the from uh, the other VCs and uh, what we see when we want to say that this is really a good startup is usually based on the founder itself and also yeah. on the technology or because when you build the right product or if your technology has a has that good defensibility. I think that will become the key of the success or in, in order to build the market or to, to conquer the market. So uh, a huge market if is obviously something that we're really looking at. But yes. I would say that two two important things here is the people or the founders. And the second one is, I would say, the technology that uh, they build, how disruptive it is, how innovative it is. Because I think right now, like, Investing in the disruptive technology is definitely the one of the key success uh, for the venture capital so that the product 
has uh, the high barrier to entry, so it's not easy to be copied by another competitor, and that's somehow the secret sauce to be succeed in the market. Yeah, that's very true. Really good points. And when you did talk about that, you do invest in founders. What advice do you have for for tech startup founders, especially, or or early stage tech startup founders? Advice. <laughs> Again, it's a tough question because I'm not an entrepreneur, so of course they understand better in them of the in terms of the operation and all. But I think one of the advice that I always say to the founder, it's all about timing. I think in a startups, timing is very critical, and that speed is of the essence because uh, here's the thing. Yeah. A lot of time, the reason why startup fails sometimes, it's not that they don't have the right product. They have the right product, but the timing might not be right. So yeah. sometimes they write, uh, they launch the product, it's not in the right timing. Like probably like a few years ago, when you launch something like, what is it? Like, for example, the education tech or the or yes. uh, telemedicine, there might be like not many people going to use it because there is no momentum why yeah. I have to use the telemedicine no. or why I should, exactly yeah. why I should use the like an online learning platform. But with this current situation, when people start adopting into the, do everything in a virtual world, yes. that's, Remote, that's yeah. the right time. Exactly. Absolutely. That's the right time for them to launch. So I would say that make sure you launch the right product at the right timing. That's the biggest advice that probably that I would say I can share with the founders because uh, time is very critical here. So to make sure that you you don't have to spend that long to educate the market because when you, because sometimes if it's a, when the market is not ready and you have to educate the market that long, you might, you might are wasting, not wasting time per se, but it's going to be like a, a lot of hassle, a lot of effort, and uh, you might burn a lot of money. So just find the right momentum to, to launch uh, your product. Absolutely. I Yeah, I completely... It all makes sense. Right now, everyone is forced to go remote, so they have to. And so it is... And no one would have thought about this five years ago that it would be such a fast shift to remote remote learning, remote education, remote medicine, everything remote. Yeah, yeah, makes so much sense. Before we finish, I have these three quick questions that I ask most of my guests. And that is, are you reading a book right now? Or what was the last book that you read? Yes, I'm actually about to start reading a book. I haven't started, but I'm about to start. <laughs> Which one is it? So, yes, it's Seven Powers. Oh, very cool. Yes, yes. I'm going to start reading Seven Powers. I think it's as a VC. I think that book is going to be a great book for a founder because uh, it will help you to, what is it, to teach you how to allocate the capital and all. And uh, for us as a VC, it will also help us to understand whether all the financial projection or the plan that the founder present to us is something that makes sense. And this is something, uh, a good a good projection for the company or not. So I think that book is something that I would say maybe people call it as a hidden gem or whatever it is, but I would definitely suggest uh, the founders to read that book. Yeah, fantastic. I will yeah put the link to it in the description. It's is the business is the one on business strategy, right? right. The foundations of business strategy, seven powers. The, yeah, yeah, that's the one. And the other thing is, do you use as a 
what social media platform is your favorite social media platform instagram still instagram <laughs> no actually i i probably i would say i use instagram twitter and linkedin three of them i would say that i spend almost the uh, same amount of time because uh, instagram is actually help me to keep uh, in touch with friends and all oh absolutely but if yes. i w- yeah it and is but very with twitter Yeah, not many people are using Facebook these days. Yeah, I I don't use Facebook anymore, I guess. I still have the account, but I barely use Facebook. Yeah, and then but I've been finding a lot of uh, information and all it's mainly from Twitter. So it's yeah. Twitter it's been very helpful so far for me to keep up to date with the news with what's going on in the world and etc and well linkedin is because I'm a VC and uh, most of the time I all talk VCs to the live on Twitter. All, through LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like to talk to the founders and all I usually use. So this yes. I cannot yeah, I cannot live without these three social media. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is not only you, it's so many people LinkedIn like so many VCs I talk with a lot of VCs and they find founders on LinkedIn, they find other connect with other VCs on NLPs on Twitter and then they use Instagram for friends and family. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I've recently started using TikTok and I make videos exclusively on tech startups on TikTok and I get an insane viewership. I just started 5 weeks ago and now I'm weekly getting 50,000 views on my tech startup videos. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think TikTok is also start gaining a uh, traction and momentum here in Indonesia. I think like a lot of people start using it. I I tried once actually, but I think it's just not for me because it is very you know, like, hard. Right after, it is it's yeah, not and I, because it's a lot easier to write a sentence and put a tweet or it is very easy to take a picture and put on Instagram but to make a video you need so many skills like lighting sound music the pitch of the the voice the script and it's so much more complex to to get it right as in to make high quality video is a lot harder <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I, I when I tried the first time to and then uh, yes. to to took like a one video. I think I like I did it like five times and then I gave up. <laughs> it is, it is so much harder. I wasn't satisfied with the result with the the video that I created and then after that okay, I'm not going to use this. <laughs> this <laughs> no, just no, not for understand. me, yeah. yeah. Oh no, I completely yeah, completely understand. But yeah, I think if Twitter and LinkedIn are great for business, that's my personal view. And final question and that is if you had unlimited time, resources and money, what would you work on or what would you build? So this is like a question if I become an entrepreneur or anything well, you could do anything <laughs> if you just had any of those things as a either as a VC entrepreneur as a human being as a person what would you do if you had unlimited money resources time I think I'll just spend my time travel the world <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, that's but, great Yeah when, when the world opens so it, up again Exactly yeah I love to travel so I usually like every end of the year I usually take a one month off from yes. the office and then I just travel across the countries usually I spend one month in Europe or maybe like travel to another country because I really love to travel but if the question is like it's something related to the venture or whatever it is I think 
one of my my biggest goal is of course I want to be an entrepreneur myself. Yes. But I'm still not sure if I have that capability. But if one day I can be an entrepreneur, I want to build a school. I want to have a private school under my name because yeah. I think it's a great investment. It's not only that bringing impact to educate the people, but it's it's just like something that I really wanted. But of course, it's a huge investment. So yeah, hopefully I really uh, I can get uh, that unlimited resources uh, to build school in Indonesia. Oh, that'd be so cool! And by the way, yeah. you are most welcome to New Zealand anytime. <laughs> Do let me know when you're here. Of course, I, I I would love to. Actually, fun fact: my friend and I we plan to go to New Zealand in February next year because my former colleague he's actually based in New Zealand and he told me that the best time to go to New Zealand is in February. So yeah. we plan to go there in February, but then COVID, COVID. happened. Any time between um, November and March is really good. It's really nice, bright and sunny, and all that. And but yeah, look, any time is is good. Actually, New Zealand, <laughs> I I love New Zealand. That's why I'm here for the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah, and I've never been to New Zealand. I've been to Australia, but I've never been to New Zealand. Hopefully, by the the early next year, we can get the vaccines, and then the the Absolutely. the world start reopening again. Yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. And yeah, and finally, do you have a ask? Are you looking for anything? Are you looking for I don't know anything? Team members, startups to invest in. What are you looking for? What's your ask? Yeah, I think there are two things that I'm looking at right now. The first one is we are looking at the startups who are raising. Of course, I would say that as I mentioned earlier, we are looking to invest in in tech companies across Southeast Asia or any companies, let's say from Australia or New Zealand, who wants to enter into Southeast Asian market. We are looking forward to to like to meet that kind of the startups, and we mainly looking into fintech, the e-commerce adjacent, and then the education tech, logistic, and some of the deep tech such as artificial intelligence because i think i might yes. not be good in assessing the deep technology but i have i have a huge faith that actually artificial intelligence will will take the world yeah it's such a disruptive um, technology we're looking forward to to explore the opportunity in ai startups and the second thing that uh, we are also looking at right now is like it's not only startup who are raising fund we as a venture capital also raising fund Absolutely. and now uh, we are right We are right now on the second fund. We are targeting to close fifty million dollar five zero, and right now we already got thirty million uh, commitment. So yeah, we are looking forward to any family offices, high yeah. net worth individuals, or corporations who are looking to who are looking to explore for the LP positions, want to invest to get an access into Southeast Asia and South Korea market. Yes. We 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 still have some slot, and we are looking for that for that potential LPs to work together with us to invest in the best startups. Yeah, yeah. No, that is really great. And the best place to find you would be LinkedIn. So I'll put the um, links to your LinkedIn and Twitter underneath, underneath the description, wherever this goes. So I will be making clips of this and I'll be putting it out on every social media channel out there, <laughs> including TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, I think yeah, the best way to reach out to me is uh, through LinkedIn and also through my email as well. Actually, we uh, you can uh, put my email and then if you are founders or if you are family office or corporation who are looking to to invest in a fund, please feel free to reach out to me through LinkedIn or through email. And same thing to the founders, if you are an 
uh, if you are founders based in Australia or in New Zealand and you are looking to expand your business to Southeast Asia market, I'm more than happy to take a call with you guys. Sure, that's great. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Redno. It's great to learn more about Access Ventures and your journey. And you shared so many really useful things for early stage founders and yeah, some Series A founders and all that. So thank you once again. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Sam. Really enjoy the conversation and uh, hopefully it's, you find founders out there or whoever it is who are going to listen to this podcast, find yeah. something um, inspiring. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.